Welcome back to the show. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for typing in hubastudios.com or uh, you know saving our RSS feed so that you can hear our updates as we pro- provide them for our listeners on the internet. Podcastpat.com is another way that you can find us. Podcastpat.com, podcastpat.com, podcastpat.com. And of course, we're always going to be under Huba Studios because that's me, Mr. Huba. But I like to go by Podcast Pat on the internet. Today we're going to talk about things that you should not do if you have a podcast. There's a lot of podcasters out there. I recently joined about a that was about a week and a half ago. I joined a podcast community group on Facebook. This and just a stroke of luck, a stroke of luck that this is where a lot of CEOs of podcast hope uh, hosting companies hold, uh, hang out. There's a lot of big players that are in the game. Even people that have big podcasts that have been around for a long time with lots and lots of listeners. So I feel very fortunate to stumble upon a group that's well maintained. They have a they they have an excellent set of rules that you have to follow. Okay, you're not going to see spam in there. You're not going to see people, you know, posting. Hey, you know, I'm looking for a guest every two seconds because they have twenty two thousand members. So virtually every every I would say every few minutes there's a new post being put in there. And it's kind of like a like a, a place where everybody comes together. You've got new beginners, novice, to, right up to experts and, and industry, industry leaders in there, you know, giving you guidance. So we're going to talk about things that you should not do in a podcast. And the first one that we'll touch upon here is having an extra long theme song. Now, what is that? That's basically like the intro to your podcast. I'm still working on mine. I'm playing around with sounds because I'm fairly new. I've been, I've been doing this for a few months, but it's kind of like whenever I get around to it because I've had a lot going on. I dibble-dabbled with an intro about two weeks ago. It's okay. It's not great, but it's coming along. There's th- I, you're playing around with stuff. What I'm getting at is you don't want to have an intro that's a minute of music. Or people talking underneath the music for a minute. It's too long. And I've heard podcasts that play a minute and a half of music before the host or the guest or whoever actually comes on and starts talking. Now, it's one thing if you're having a technical issue and you have to kind of like buy yourself some time, but that's not what we're talking about. We're specifically talking about people that have podcasts that have a show opener ungodly long. So that's rule number one. Don't have a long intro. Number two, you don't want to spend 10 hours editing an episode. And here's why. Audio, you can get lost editing audio. You really can. When I was a broadcaster at a very, very big radio station in New York, we were at a 50,000-watt AM station, a powerhouse, one of the oldest radio stations in the entire country. We, in our production studios, where we made commercials and sound bites and edited stuff, you, we had millions of sound effects. I mean, we had like 200 sound effects of a car door opening. We had car door openings in the wintertime. We had car o- door openings in the summertime. And it sounds so easy, but it's not, because you can start plugging and playing and, and, and swapping little sound. And some of the sound effects are a half a second. And you can get lost editing shows. I mean, I can't imagine spending 10 hours editing a one-hour podcast. That is ridiculous. Ridiculous. So don't get yourself caught up in that. You don't want to edit 
you have to be able to do a show with minimal editing. And that's why I like doing recorded shows versus live. I'll eventually do live shows down the road, but live shows are entirely too labor-intensive. You have to worry about internet connections. You have to worry about everything working. I have really good equipment, but there's people out there that do live shows, and they never know if they're going to be able to go live. And that's, there's, there's too much involved. Whether you need an ISDN connection or you need like a, you know, you might not be able to do your show unless you have a plug, a, a solid internet connection. Not talking about Wi-Fi. Or maybe you forget to over, you overlook that, you know, oh man, I booked this guest or I'm going to their location where their business is, but oh, I have like one bar for Wi-Fi. That's not going to cut it. So that's why I like to do recorded shows. All right. Now, the, so don't spend a lot of time editing your podcast. Number three, we'll talk about, you don't want to have a podcast that's for everybody. Well, what does that mean, Pat? I'll tell you what it means. If you want to talk, and here's the problem that I have, I want to talk about all kinds of things. I mean, I like to talk about things that are really interesting. But tomorrow I might talk about how, you know, talk about the Bureau of Engraving and Printing. I want to talk about, for an hour, I want to talk about how currency is made. Coins, bills, whatever, whatever denomination. Maybe we, could, maybe we would have a discussion about denominations that we don't currently have, like a $75 bill. How cool would that be? You don't quite want a $100 bill, but you want more than a 50 I mean, we've all been there. A $75 bill. Oh, that would be so awesome. Um, so you want to have to, you want to be able to have a show when you don't have to be real niche oriented. There's some people out there, they have a show, they only talk about stamps. Well, I don't know enough to have a show three days a week to talk about stamps. Even if it's only a, a half hour or an hour show, I don't know enough about that to do three days a week for, you know, six to eight months for say, but I could certainly talk about it for an hour just not consistently. See what I mean? Some people can. There's stamp collectors out there. There's stamp conventions, stamp shows. A friend of mine, she, she discovered that she had a whole attic full of really old stamps. She thought she hit the gold mine. It's like, Pat, got to come over, check these stamps out. So I go over to her house. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so excited, right? Because stamps can be worth a fortune, an absolute fortune, especially if they're old and in good shape. I was more impressed. Basically, the stamps she has weren't worth a whole lot of money. But, you know, you don't know that. You think, you know, it's like finding the map, like in Goonies. Remember Goonies on the back of the painting? They found that map. That's what it felt like. It felt like you just found a treasure map. Anyway. So you don't want to have a show that's about everything. You want to, you want to be able to, you know, if you want to have a show that's interesting and you want to talk about a wide variety of stuff, that's fine. But you don't want to feel like, what I'm trying to say is you don't want to feel like you have to appeal to every single group or every listener. It's impossible. Even the best broadcasters in the world can't do that. Number four, don't cram too much into your cover art. Now, this is something that's, this is debatable. I mean, there's some people, they always say simple is better. Something like, you know, less is more, that whole scenario. But I disagree. I've seen some amazing artwork that people have for their podcasts. 
that are very, very good. I mean, they probably paid 1500 bucks, 2000 bucks for a designer to do it. But let me tell you, it is awesome. So I guess what they were really talking about when it comes to that is don't have don't don't make your cover, your logo or your your artwork for your podcast real busy. And that that's really the only way I can kind of describe that. Number 5, you don't want your listeners to adjust. You don't want to have to have your listeners constantly change their volume levels, especially if you have a couple of guests on your show. That's why when you start a podcast, you want to have, you want to go, this is my feeling on it, you want to be able to go all in and get the best stuff so you don't have to worry about, the cheaper you go, I think the more work you're going to have on the the back end, whether it's editing or just burning through equipment, it pays to buy good stuff if you can afford it, buy the best the best cables, you know, it, you, you, you really need a MacBook Pro. Anything less than a MacBook Pro really isn't going to cut it, especially if you're running, you know, 45 minutes and beyond for a show, especially if there's a lot of, you know, high-end audio in your, in your, you know, pans and music inserts, audio, sound effects, all that stuff. That all plays into the whole processing and the, all the, the overall uh, – um, uh, what, what am I trying to say? The overall expense of your show, you want to have good stuff. You know, you want to have stuff that could, you know, you don't want to wait there three hours for your program to load and close and to open and move things around because you're just going to add enormous amounts of time onto your week doing your show. And usually a good podcaster will have all the volumes ready to go and they'll just, you'll just kind of have, you'll just do a couple little of adjustments as people come in to sit down and talk to you with your mics. So you don't want your listeners to uh, have to constantly adjust the volume uh, because that's annoying. People want to be able to listen to your podcast, set their phone down next to them, or maybe they're, you know, in their car. They don't want to have to keep adjusting the volume. It's really annoying. So don't do that. Number six. Number six, don't ask an interviewee to introduce themselves. That's your job. You're the podcaster. The reason they're there is because you asked them to be there, or maybe they self-invited themselves. Hey, you got a podcast? That's awesome. Can I come on and talk about my business? Sure. You're the one that talks to them. You're the one that takes control over the interview. Introduce them. That's only proper. It's only proper to do for your listening audience. Number seven, do not open your episode with an apology. Oh, it's so depressing when you hear people do that. Even commercial broadcasters, there's shows I've tuned into before. They start off after their intro's over. I just want to apologize to everybody yesterday. Right away, you start off on the bad foot. You're just getting people into like that negative down feeling. Don't do that. That's no good for the show. Number eight, don't overcomplicate your gear. And, and or, well, you know, don't over, basically don't overcomplicate your gear. And what that means is basically don't buy more than you know how to use. You can still learn. That's not what I'm talking about. But you don't go out and buy like some $50,000 mixer that takes a PhD in audio engineering to understand how to use. You don't need that. You know, someday if you're real big and you have a million listeners a week, that might be something different, but you can usually hire somebody to help you do that kind of thing. 
Number nine, don't ask for reviews or Patreon support before delivering any content. So basically what that means is, you know, don't start saying, hey, I need, you know, X number of donations before I can do this next show. Nobody wants to donate to somebody that is asking for money before their content's even ready to go. Um, don't use copyrighted music for seven seconds or fair use. Uh, you know, the way I, this is the way I look about, about copyrighted music. There are so many free songs out there designed specifically for podcasters to use where you don't need permission. You don't need to say, hey, you know, this has been sponsored or this, this has been brought to you by or this music was provided by. It's just general use music, just like stock fo- fo- photography. You know, you, just, you can just go find photos out there, just stock photos. It's just run in the mill. Just like when I use sound effects on my podcast, not all the time, but it's just I have five or 6,000 sound effects that I can use, and they're from Apple. I don't need anybody's permission to use them. They, more or less, it's a sound library that you can download through GarageBand and have full access to. How do I book a guest? I don't know. It, to me, it just seems so elementary. Like, if you don't know how to figure out how to book a guest in your show, maybe you shouldn't be a podcaster. You know, if I want to book a guest, I'll call them up or I'll go into their establishment and I say, hey, I'm Podcast Pat. Would you like to be in my show? I can come to you because I'm the podcaster. I'm the mobile podcaster. I come to you. I make it as easy as possible to have guests on my show. And, and, and this way, when you, when you go to them, you'll have all this neat little ambience in the background. Maybe, you know, maybe you hear the, like if I'm going to interview somebody at, at a chocolate store. Well, maybe you hear people scraping the bowls and, you know, chopping chocolate up so it can melt quicker or, you know, bringing the pans out of the oven or, or, or putting them in a, a freezer for, a, you know, to cool them off faster while you're talking to them and interviewing them about their business. So that's kind of special. You know, there's a, there's, there's, a, there's a lot to be said about that. One of the things, too, is that you hear a lot of people, you know, don't wing your show. I've always been a winger. I've always been a winger. That sounds pretty funny when you say it. Hey, I've always been a winger. But really, I do. I like to wing things. Even when I was a broadcaster, a commercial broadcaster, I love to wing things. And as long as you can talk, you're articulate, you're intelligent, you, can, you, can, you have a knack for having a show flow. There's people I worked with in broadcasting. If those phone lines weren't lit up during their whole show, they were freaking out. They had no idea what to do. Pat, I don't have any callers. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? Dude, relax. Just start talking about something. You got your show prep with you. But a lot of people rely on callers as a crutch to keep their show moving. A real broadcaster, a true broadcaster that is born to broadcast and talk, or podcaster for that matter, because there's some podcasters out there that blow the doors off of people in commercial broadcasting. They're really good at what they do. The best of the best can sit behind a microphone and wing it and literally talk about anything. They might have some show prep there, or maybe they don't. I've met people that can sit down behind a microphone and be just as entertaining as somebody that has you know stacks and stacks of show prep with them. And for you guys that don't know what show prep is, show prep is basically you could be printing articles off the internet about things you want to talk about, 
or a list of topics or talking points of things that you might just detail throughout the day, the previous day that you want to talk about in your show. Show prep is anything that's going to, anything that it's kind of like a, um, a compilation of things that you want to talk about, like just talking points. You know, you might pass somebody at, 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 a, uh, at the shopping center that had a really cool pair of brand new, whatever, what are those shoes called? Yeezys or something, Yuzus that Kanye West puts out. They're like 400 bucks a rip. People go, uh, some of them are even more than that. Some are a couple of thousand dollars a piece, which you'll never catch me. You'll never catch, po- you'll never ever catch Podcast Pat buying $3,000 shoes. Even if I was a multimillionaire, I wouldn't do it. I'd rather spend it on a new ham radio antenna. Or more podcast equipment. Oh, I really like my Crocs. There's a lot of people out there that don't like Crocs. Let me tell you something. When you live in Florida, and it's pretty much summer 99% of the year, all right? Even in January and December, it's gorgeous outside. And you can get away with wearing flip-flops, T-shirt, and a bathing suit year-round. Do we get some cold nights? Yeah, we do. But you can, you can adjust to it, especially if you're a New Yorker like me. It, it's never been too cold in Florida for me. I've seen people, when I first relocated to Florida, I saw people down there with hoodies and, uh, hoodies and sweaters on when it was 84 degrees and sunny. And I just, I can't, I just, I'm not there. I, hopefully I'd never change that drastically down there to where I become more or less soft to the cold. That'll be a scary day when that happens. I just can't picture myself wearing a hoodie with jeans and sneakers on, shivering when it's 83, 85, 84 degrees outside, sunny and humid. My God. But some people do. Some people do. So that's a, there's a little education about podcasting. Um, I'm going to uh, there's, – there's, I'm slowly getting back into – I had some things happen recently. All right, I had a surgery recently, so I'm slowly getting better from that. And I would say within the next few weeks, I should be going to businesses, interviewing people. So there's a lot of cool stuff coming. Just be patient with me. I know I keep saying that on certain parts of the show and stuff. Just be patient. Um, trust me, this stuff is coming. It's going to be awesome. Getting all the kinks worked out and um, more or less just kind of, uh, you know, just taking it real slow, getting the show going. There's a lot involved with podcasting. It's not just getting good equipment, sitting down and talking into the mic. Way more involved than that. But my shows are going to be pretty straightforward and simple. I'm not going to have a million sounds effects like a lot of shows like to do. It's, it's too... There's too much involved when, when it's like that. Just like when I was in broadcasting. If you're the host, generally speaking, yeah, you have like a little mixer and you can drop little sound effects of people clapping or going, oh, like that when you're talking about something that people might be complaining about. Or maybe you're talking about the air show and you want to have like F-16 sounds in the background and all of a sudden you know, whoosh, coming by you. That's all well and good. But a lot of shows that use sound effects virtually every few seconds, you need a producer you need one or two other people that are helping you do that. Or taking callers, taking callers, because there's just too much you have to do as a podcaster or a broadcaster. To, you're worried about speaking into the mic. The producer will bring the callers up so you can hear them. It'll fade the callers out, and you give them little signs. Okay, or you can, sometimes you can cut the caller off yourself if your producer's busy because the producer's taking calls. 
Hey, where are you from? Let's pretend I'm a producer. Ring, ring, ring. Hello? Hello, Podcast Pat Studios. Hello, what can I do for you? Hey, this is Johnny in, uh, this is Johnny in uh, New York City. What's up, Johnny? You know? What's up, Johnny? Yeah, I want to talk to Podcast Pat. I got to really, I got to tell him about this really cool place they're building in Times Square. They're building a new Krispy Kreme. Big wraparound sign and everything else. I want to talk to All right, no problem. So where are you from? You're from New York City. Your name's Johnny. Uh, you know, just, you just get some little information about him, what he wants to talk about. Boom, you put it in the queue, and it goes to, the, to the, where the host is sitting, and the host can read it. All right, let's go. We got Johnny from New York City on the air. Hello, Johnny. And you bring him up. That takes a lot of work. It's not as easy as you think. So, please, please give it some time. As always, you can reach me by email, hubastudios at gmail.com. Reach us on the web, www.hubastudios.com or podcastpat.com. www.podcastpat.com. I love saying that. Couldn't believe it was available. As soon as I saw that, I didn't even hesitate to buy it. Boom, I got to have it. Put that, in my, uh, put that in my domain list. I know a lot of domain names. We'll do another show about that sometime, too. I, I could talk for hours about domain names. I have been buying domain names on and off since the internet started. I can remember seeing million-dollar domain names available for registration fees. I can remember seeing domain names of states, Florida.com, New York.com, before people had a clue what the internet was. And we're talking when computers, you had one computer every like maybe three miles or four miles. I can remember my buddy uh, down the road, my friend, my good friend Steve, his family, they were one of the first people in the whole street or neighborhood to have a computer. And I believe it was a, oh God, this is really going to date me here. I think it was a Packard Bell. A Packard Bell, maybe 75 megahertz. I think it was like 500 megabytes and maybe 8 megabytes of RAM, and I think a 14.4 modem. I'm pretty sure those were the specs. Pretty sure. Because when we bought a computer, I'll never forget it. When we bought a computer, my dad took my brother and I and my sister to the Wiz at Crossgates Mall. It's a mall in upstate New York, big mall, right, right in the Capital District. And we bought a Packard Bell, I think it was a 15-inch screen. It was a 100 megahertz Intel Pentium processor. I think it was one gigabyte hard drive space, 16 megabytes of RAM. I believe, I, I want to say a 56K modem, but it might have been a 28K modem. 28.8, I believe. And let's see, came with a mouse, standard keyboard. Um, Oh, what else was on it? Oh, a CD-ROM drive and a floppy drive, uh, an A drive, I think it was called. God, I can't even believe I'm forgetting about this stuff. It's unbelievable. Yeah, an A drive, a CD-ROM, then they had the hard drive and all this stuff. And I believe my dad paid like $3,500 for it. $3,500. And we brought, we, and that came with Windows 95. But when we brought it home, I'll never forget hearing the Windows 95 starting up for the first time. I'll never forget that as long as I live and how amazing it was to see it start up and the icons on the screen. And I thought, wow, this is so cool. We have a computer better than Steve now. 
And little did we know it, the computer markets would change almost every other month. Things were becoming obsolete. It was really disgusting. As time went on, people were spending so much money on something. And then six months later, it didn't even work with some of the software that you bought. So we'll have, a whole, we'll have a whole show about domain names and the computer industry and how the Internet has evolved over time. That would be a really awesome show to have. So uh, stay tuned for that. Keep checking back. And thank you for tuning in once again. Have a great day.